Today is Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. My name is Joe Batanz and I am the host of a show that is now a brand new show under in a brand new country with a brand new president. And it's the thing with the show, though, is this show Batanz. And you can only find it one place. That's Afterthought Media. And I feel I usually vent more than that. We'll see you in a few seconds. Said at the top of the show, my name is Joe Batanz, and I am the host of the show called This Joe Batanz. Uh, this is the This Joe Batanz episode for Wednesday, January 20th, 2021, the year of our Lord, 2021. Today, we're going to talk about all things inauguration, and we'll talk about a little bit about other things too, but let's talk about the inauguration. Like I said, this is one of those moments. Which I think we're all happy here to talk about the inauguration. But I think this is one of those moments when uh, this is really more for me than it is for you. I mean, it's always for you. But this time the the needle uh, sways a little bit more, leans a little bit more towards me. In that it, it, I, it, this would be very interesting to hear in the future about what was I doing on inauguration day? What happened? What were my feelings? Uh, what was that day like? Cause I won't remember in a week, if I'm being honest with you, but it might be interesting to hear. So I had cleared my schedule. I, if anyone needed me to do anything, make a phone call, no, nothing, I would, I scheduled nothing for Wednesday. I wanted the entirety of Wednesday to be dedicated to the inauguration of Joseph R. Biden. And uh, I even woke up early and we planned to have a special breakfast in honor of our new president. You know, because here on the, on the West Coast, everything happened really early. And I, I had even encouraged my father to uh the night before just tape everything after midnight on cnn all through the next day because one of the things that was important to me and i'm glad i did this was i wanted to see donald trump fly away forever from the capitol now i will tell you that I watched things out of order. So actually, when by the time we woke up and made breakfast, they were getting ready for the inauguration because it's around the 8 o'clock hour here. Uh, and so um, I, I, I watched, I didn't watch Trump leaving till after, there was some dead time, you know, where they were doing like stupid things. That's why I, Watched that footage, but um, but let's talk about it in in chronological order. So the first thing that happened at uh, around eight ish a.m. East Coast time was that Trump left the White House, walked to his helicopters, talked a little bit to reporters, and some stupid things. 
that wasn't enough for me. So like I saw him walk through the helicopter, blah, blah, blah. I, I would say, and I don't think I've seen anyone comment on this, even though I haven't read a lot of commentary about the day. But there was a palpable, even though he was putting on a brave face, there was a palpable sadness to him. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm 100% okay with that. You know, that guy can go fuck himself. If the worst thing he feels is sadness because he lost an election and he's acting like a fucking baby, fine. I'm sorry you're sad, Donald Trump. You know? Well, I'm not sorry. I'm glad you're sad, Donald Trump. Okay? But you could... But but the, 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 the sadness was palpable. Even watching him walk to the helicopter, he just seemed sad. And... um then the helicopter flies and arrives at uh, Joint uh, Base Andrews, or Andrews Joint Base, or I don't know what it's called, right? And there's that weird-ass music playing, which is funny because he loves the song Gloria by Laura Branigan, first of all. Which is which is funny because when he first started playing it, I think it was during the insurrection, uh, the family of Laura Branigan was... Because Laura Brannigan has passed away, was horrified. They were horrified that this was happening, right? They they don't they're like no, we do not like him playing this song. Unfortunately, with the way music rights work, they probably have zero rights to the song. Somebody else owns them. But she's like, we're horrified that he's playing this song. Please stop for all that's decent. Laura Brannigan would not be happy with this. So um, there's that. Then uh, then they played. Um, YMCA at one point, which he loves that song too. I, the, the song choices are so bizarre. And then he comes out and he gives that speech. And again, the sadness is palpable. He says weird ass shit. But what I want to, I want to talk about a couple of things. One, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I do think Jared Kushner is an evil motherfucker, right? And every horrible thing that happens to him, I'm happy. But man, I think he is so fucking hot. Oh, I want to have sex with Jared Kushner in the worst way. I think he is so, so, so cute. Oh, my mother. I couldn't stop staring at him. That's how cute I thought Jared Kushner looked. Ugh, so beautiful. And I want to believe that he's secretly gay. That's just sort of my life dream. Um, The other thing is I know that Ivanka and the kids were very emotional and, like, crying and shit like that. And I'm here for it. She can go fuck herself uh all the societal society people who shun her she deserves it she deserves every horrible thing that happens to her now granted i know that these people have political aspirations they're moving to florida so there's a good chance that those uh political aspirations will become reality and that's sad sorry florida that you guys are so fucked up and i know taylor lives there that's his home but it's a fucked up state so uh, Florida. That okay? So that so then he gives a speech, and then he goes. And now you think something. When I'm watching this, by this point, Biden's been inaugurated, so I already have a, a sense of relief, and I think even by that point, even some perspective. But he has on the tarmac. They're playing "My Way" by Frank Sinatra, and he has it played as the plane taxis and takes off. And it was such a fitting end to this horrible, horrible administration. First, I was overjoyed to see the motherfucker flying away from the Capitol. Get away from my country, you 
horrible human being. But it was just such a weird reminder of what a weird, weird reality show it was these past four years. And, you know, I was talking to Aiden, because Aiden was it was having difficulty understanding the enormity of the situation. And I, you know, I hate talking about our age difference, and it's going to come up in later in the show today, actually. But, um, he, uh, he was, but I, I said, you know, for as long as you've been politically cognizant, you know, cause we don't become really aware of politics and the government, so to speak, until sometime in high school. And he was wrapping up high school when Trump took over. And, uh, I go, so you don't really have a firm understanding of how not normal this was. That what we saw these past four years was not normal. And I know what I'm going to say right now is uh, hackneyed. It's trite. It's been said all over social media. But I, it, but I think it truly captures the feeling in this country. I finally felt that I could exhale after four years. Once again, I know I just said it last week. The night of the election, the world immediately seemed like a darker place. So for more than four years, or four years and two or three months, I have been living in a very dark world. And I don't know what it is. The second Joseph R. Biden was inaugurated president, the world became bright again. Colors popped again. I felt I could breathe again. I was, and I knew, you know, going into it, I knew I was going to feel this way, but still feeling this way is not, it's even more cathartic than I expected. And, um, you know, I, I loved everything about the inauguration. I seen Kamala Harris, you know, I don't think I've ever told this story and I don't know, um, it's not a big deal, but, but if I have told this story, I apologize. It's not a very long story anyway. But um, every Memorial Day and in East L.A., pre-COVID, they did this Memorial Day gathering. And because it's in East L.A., often, especially for people who are running for office, uh, elected officials show up to this event because it's the heart of East L.A. And it's, it's you know, where you want to go. So the mayor always shows up. I'm the mayor of Los Angeles and Congress people and Hilda, like these big names it's never really bigger than the mayor or some. Every congressman always shows up, whatever, right? But when Kamala Harris was running for, but it's a very small affair. I think there's more, never, there's never more than 50 people in attendance, you know, less, less than 100, more than 50. And, uh, Kamala Harris was running for senator. And so she obviously saw this as a great photo op on Memorial Day. So she showed up and was there. So I was with Kamala Harris with a crowd of about 50 to 100 people. I remember afterwards, she was just milling around afterwards, and I was very tempted, because even then I thought she was fierce, to ask her for a picture, and I didn't. I, I got, I got, I lost my, uh, and she wasn't, I could have easily done it, it wasn't that big of a deal. And um, I regret that, I, re I wish I would have taken a picture with her. So to see her uh, become the first female vice president, the first vice president of color, first female vice president, like all these firsts, it was very, I was very proud for being in the same room as a person for, you know, 20 minutes, five years ago. 
Uh, other thing is, um, you know, like I, you know, the inauguration was great. Yes, Gaga. You know, I'm sure I'll talk about this in detail, probably not throwing down, but the yes, Gaga, Jennifer Lopez, whatever. I'm very indifferent to her. And then Garth Brooks just coming in, wearing jeans and leaving. We'll discuss all that. The actual, uh, the actual theatrics of the inauguration could be talked about another day. But, um, yeah, and so then after the inauguration, we had, we had breakfast, and then uh, we watched all the pomp and circumstance that that occurred, and then I said, like I said, we watched uh, Trump take off, and that was exhilarating um, to see the reality show president leave. It it, it was it was uh, alarming to me that even on the first day, perhaps because of the lack of inaugural balls and parades and stuff like that, they got right. I know they get right to work anyway, but to see it televised. And to see the first press briefing, and I don't know if you've ever seen the the social media stuff where it, it, it compares the first Trump press briefing with the first Biden press briefing, and the stark differences are amazing. Uh, it just feels good to be back in a country that works. That's how I feel. Like I feel great. In fact, it felt even better waking up today. You know, like oh, we're in a new country. I've already seen that. Like. You know, Biden already did some amazing shit yesterday with some executive orders. Rejoin the... I don't know if you guys know this. I don't know. I follow the news. I'm kind of a news junkie. But when Trump was elected and he said he was going to leave the Paris Climate Accords, technically, that was supposed to be it. Okay? And we would the United States would be out of the Paris Climate Accords. But, and this was very smart of them, in light of what happened, they rewrote part of the accords that extended exactly, I think we're coming up, that's probably why Biden had to do it day one. Like, like January, they extended the, the ability of countries to come back into the accord till January, like 23rd, 2021. Like, they extended it by four years and like a day or something like that in, in the off chance that there was a new president. Uh, and very smart move on their part. Um, but we rejoined the Paris Climate Accords early this morning, at least our time. Dr. Fauci, uh, rejoined, uh, we rejoined the WHO and he represented us as, as the ambassador, if you will, or the spokesperson for the United States at the, at the World Health Organization. We've already seen that, um, federal guidelines for defending LGBTQ and trans rights. Well, that's in the T, but you know what I mean? Uh, gay and trans rights federally, which was already in the the Supreme Court decided on it, but Trump had refused to implement all of it. It's now being implemented a mass mandate on federal building. Like, amazing stuff. I just, before we we I'm recording this the next day because yesterday was a lot. We saw that uh, they released a 200 page plan for the for the pandemic, uh, for the coronavirus, and uh, they were shocked to see when they came into the office yesterday that they thought that there was some sort of basic framework for a plan for vaccine rollouts with the Trump administration, but they were shocked to find there was zero. You guys can go look up the articles on that. But but I want to spend the last few minutes here. So that was most of the day yesterday. But if, if I'm documenting my day, there was a little bit of a, a drama, if you will, in that um, uh, Aiden, Aiden sends me his work schedule every week, okay? 
And that's how I know because for the most part, uh, we talk on his way to and from work, but also when he's home. The, 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 the ultimate point is he's afraid to reveal to his roommate about our relationship. He's afraid to reveal, uh, to his friends or anything like because of the age difference. He just doesn't want people to judge. Okay. He's really afraid of that. And I, and, and look, whatever you're thinking, I probably think the same thing. It's something he and I have talked about and he and I had a talk about it at length yesterday. And I don't have the time. Maybe I'll do it. I'll revisit next week. People remind me, please, to review this, revisit the feelings on this next week if you want to hear it. But it's one of these things where I, all I ask of him is to recognize that my being okay with this, that I want credit for it, essentially, because it's hurtful. It's hurtful that he will not share with anyone in his life that supposedly this person he loves very much and that he has a boyfriend because he's afraid. And at least I want some fucking damn credit for it. And what happened yesterday was um, he was supposed to get off work at five. So I was so busy watching inaugurations. I didn't have my phone on me. And he called me at 3.30. Now, where I made this, where I made the mistake, and I'm always trying to, it's something I work on with myself, and I'm always telling people to be careful of, is I made up a story in my head that he got off work early and called me, and I wasn't available. I'll jump right now to the truth of the matter was he was on a break from work. He was still getting off work at 5, and he called me because he thought I had called him. Truth is, I had pocket dialed him by accident, and that's what he was returning the call to. I didn't think it was because he never calls on breaks. So I never thought it was a break. And I made up that story. But what happened was, and that, and that was, because I got mad that I missed a call with him and blah, 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 blah. And then he was mad that I sent a receipt of showing his schedule. And But that was worked out in two minutes. And it was not even a real argument. But what it did was it opened up a discussion about uh, his unwillingness to tell him or his his fear of telling his roommate and being judged by his roommate and that the roommate would say I was grooming him. And uh, it led to a very fruitful and it came out fine and we still love each other even more and there's nothing, there's no danger to the relationship. But it was a very painful conversation to have. Um, Because I rec- it's something that I really think about. It's something that, uh, in fact, I even shared with him, and I'll share with you guys, is that it's something that's so in my mind. It's something I say everywhere. I don't know if people believe me, but consent is crucial to me uh, for any kind of physical relationship, for any kind of relationship, but particularly a physical relationship. I have to believe the person finds me attractive. I have to believe the person wants to be there. And so, uh, this, that has been such a notion of mine, even before we had this conversation, that I've, I've thought about, like, when we meet up again very soon, after we're both vaccinated, that it's going to be difficult. I don't know that I'm going to want to hook up with him because I will be so apprehensive that I'm going to need a couple drinks or something like that because I think he's physically beautiful, but like, I'm so concerned about appearances and, and, and whether he's, I like, I don't really, I, he tells me all the time. He is so wonderful about this. So please don't, I'm, please don't think I'm saying that he doesn't, 
but I find as for somebody who has a form of body dysmorphia, I truly believe I'm repulsive. And so he tells me and I'm working really hard on believing him. But because of that, I, it's going to take a lot for me to believe that he even wants to hook up. So even the thought that someone would think I'm grooming him, it's grooming him for what? You know, uh, there's a whole other bigger discussion that comes along there. But um, yeah, it's it's something that we talked, we had a long talk about yesterday. Like I said, it was ultimately very fruitful. Okay. And it was very good. And we came out more in love if that's even possible after than before and then whatever but it was it's a difficult conversation to have and i think i'm not saying it like this is going to sound again today's episode about being trite but like relationships are hard i'm going to end on that note um so uh yeah and especially when there's such a big roadblock between us i don't know how we're going to work it out we both love each other very much but how do you fix that i don't know it's something for another day, but we'll discuss it uh, later on another episode of This Joe Batance right here on Afterthought Media.